0: Previously, on See You In Another Life Brothers. Hey bro, why are there cue cards and a camera in the living room? Were you filming a video? Oh, um... I just found this picture of the two of us in a bible. It looks like an invitation to a birthday party for me.
1: Aw man, busted. I had this perfect plan to surprise you, but that plan got shot to sunshine when you saw all that and figured it out. What
0: were the cue cards for?
1: So that you wouldn't hear me filming. I was going to play it on your birthday and tell you it was, you know, to kill a mockingbird, but it's really a surprise birthday message.
0: Oh, that's so thoughtful. Is the video message related to those three guys dressed as Nigerian drug lords who just got here?
1: Ah, oh, man, they're early. I guess you know what the theme is now. Well, at least you haven't seen your gifts yet.
0: You mean the new white shirt, giant machete, and carton of illegally purchased vaccines in the bathroom closet?
1: How'd you find them?
0: I noticed them while I was pooping. The toilet still works, by the way.
1: (sighs) This party is ruined. I guess I owe you one surprise party.
0: Yeah, no worries. Just one question, though. What did the cue card video say?
1: Oh, it said, You're next.
0: Hello, and welcome to see you in another life, brothers. The show featuring two guys. Who are just a couple regular dudes who like kicking back, popping up a few cold ones, watching some Lost, being swell and being chums, and you know just having a good old good old time. Am I right?
1: We are we are off to a a weird vibe tonight, but uh, but yeah, you're right. That's actually exactly what we do.
0: Well, I was just pitching our new uh, tagline for the show to you. That that was it.
1: That, that, whole, that thing? whole
0: thing. Yeah. What do you think? I love it. Oh, okay. Well, I, you know, I was thinking it was the first draft and it was really long and I'm going to edit it down, but you know, if you like it, that's it. No notes. Okay, great. Well, the problem is I didn't write it down, so.
1: We'll just have to, when we're done recording this, we'll just go back and write down word for word what you said, but okay until then it's lost
0: i forgot we're recording this so i can just go back and get it this is perfect sometimes (laughs) i forget we're recording these things and we can just uh go back and have a record of
1: it this is really nice for for you this is just a a conversation we have once a week yeah (laughs) we just happen to have microphones turned on
0: i completely forget that we send it out to, to billions of people every week and uh and I embarrass mm-hmm. myself constantly with all these uh, flubs I make, like, whoop, like that. I just made another one.
1: Oh, they're so, going to be talking about that on the message boards.
0: Oh, man, so many flubs. I mispronounced so many words. Um, Just like a <laughs> moroon. I'm a big moroon. Yeah, it is a weird vibe tonight. I don't know what's going on. I like it. It's a weird episode. It's, um, you know, kind of out of the blue. <laughs> You know, if you didn't know that, uh, you could probably see this coming if you knew about, you know, contract stuff and like how, Mm -hmm. you know, the actor who plays Mr. Echo, whose name I won't try to pronounce, was not, you know, wanted (laughs) to leave the show. You probably could have predicted this. But if you're just watching it out of the blue, like, wait, Mr. Echo? What? It's Mm -hmm. upsetting. Upsetting to say the least.
1: Yeah, I... I was reading something today about, uh, I guess, the producers. Um, they they purposefully, um, just you know, with speaking of that expectation of like mm-hmm. uh, echo dying and everything, um, yeah. they they purposefully, the reason they included or one reason they included Nikki and Paulo in this episode in particular was because of the monster's inclusion and they were like, in case there are rumors about a character getting killed off, everyone will assume it's one of those two, you know, like, like the classic, uh, arrested development where they're like, one of these characters will die. And they show all of the main characters and then one random person. And it's like, Oh, of course it's going to be that guy, you know? So it's like, of course, of course, if they're gonna kill someone off, it's gonna be one of these characters we don't care about, not the guy the whole episode is about. The ma- one of the main characters, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I just thought was was a was a good idea on their part. On their part, you know. Yeah. Oh, Damon and Carlton,
0: don't tease us! Don't you tease us? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! If only, if only. Oh. But no, we had to lose Mr. Echo and not, well, they'll have their time. You know, That that is the one redeeming factor of expose that uh, the end. <laughs> they die. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll have I to talk, me. you know, we'll have to talk about their role in this episode, Nikki and Paulo, when we get there. I just, I find it kind of amusing, annoying, and sort of just uh, beguiling that uh, they're just, just Anyway, we'll get there. Oh, First, yeah. I want to talk about Mister Echo,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: man, the myth, the legend, and uh, just before we get into the flashbacks, I think it's important because this is his his ultimate episode, the last we ever get of Mister Echo. He's not in the show anymore. It's like this is it. We need yeah. to talk about where we where we've come from, and I think a couple key points. Um, to make about him remembering because the show does you know hint at some of these things i think the you know the first episode the 23rd psalm where we find out that key scene in the opening where he and his you know his the mercenaries are going to make yummy kill the guy Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: then he jumps in and to save yummy so he takes his place to kill him and goes off um, with the mercenaries and I like how that scene um, you can interpret it two ways you can interpret it as that's the ultimate sacrifice of love you know like he he's gonna he, mm-hmm. he jumps in so his brother doesn't won't be taken by these guys and turned evil or you can look at it as Mr. Echo's he wanted the life of the mercenary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's key to this episode, kind of, because Mr. Echo, that's sort of the question of his whole story. It's like, is he um, doing this all out of altruism and self-sacrifice? Like, I'm sacrificing myself. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. taking all this evil so that my brother can go free? Or is he doing it because, you know, he just wants that life of those mercenaries who actually, you know, they're the ones who have all the money and all the, you know, they're, they're living kind of large. They got the nice clothes. So look, thinking about that, thinking about how, you know, what we've seen with him and Yemi and the conflict between the two of them and how our got Yemi killed, um, kind of an important point to think about, but, um, I think it's important to think about where we've come from before we get to what we're talking about here.
1: I think that's a really good reminder, especially because, um, you know, like the, the, the balance that you were talking about with, uh, echo, like it, you know, the question of like, is, are his actions good, like, or righteous, Mm -hmm. or are they, um, actually self serving in some of, some of the Mm -hmm. flashbacks, you know, you're, you're unsure. And, um, and it's also a reminder of what i think is like a really central part of this episode that so much of echo's story is about like what is right and wrong yeah. and um you know do the ends justify the means uh if if there is a good end you know to what he's doing to what some of his actions are and i feel like that's to me kind of the central thing of this story for Echo in this episode, you know, like what, yeah. what is right and what is wrong in his story? Uh, and, and who is he at the center of all that? So,
0: so we have this, this, these flashbacks, and then we have question mark, which comes after this, mm-hmm. or should I say huh? that comes after this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the correct way to pronounce that episode. Um, where, we see Mr. Echo go to London and we see him kind of have an encounter with, is there a higher power? Maybe there is a miracle here that happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important too, because I I think that kind of shapes what happens to him on the island. And and at the end of this episode, kind of thinking about him, is Mr. Echo repentant? Is he, you know, did Mm -hmm. he repent of, his life of crime basically, which is we see he's, you know, he's a murderer. He, is he a bad man or is he? And I think there's, it's interesting to think about that kind of that gap to get to this episode as well. Um, especially Mm -hmm. for the Island stuff. So a lot to ponder here. It's a very, there's, it's a very dense kind of tangled web. Mr. Echo is in with a lot of different factors weighing on him here. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, a lot to ponder, even after, you know, it, after this episode is done, like, w- one thing that's, I, I both like and dislike about the episode, I think, mm-hmm. is that we don't, there's kind of a weird conclusion to it, you yes. know, like, it, it feels very open-ended and open to interpretation in some ways, um, mm-hmm. which is... Kind of cool because Echo is kind of a mysterious guy. Um, yeah, but we'll get there, obviously. You could interpret it a couple different ways.
0: You could interpret it as a tragedy. You could interpret it as a sort of a uh, redemption story, even kind of. Some, mm-hmm. you know, some people might see it that way. So, yeah, we'll have to see what we come up with here. But let's yeah. talk about this. these flashbacks. This first scene which is really the earliest we see of Echo because it comes before him Mm. saving Yemi. And it's important to point out that Mr. Echo is stealing from a shed with food in it that I feel like that's food for the village.
1: Kind Mm. of like, Mm -hmm. or i don't
0: know maybe that's someone else's shed he's opening but it almost feels like he's stealing something that would have been given to him eventually Mm. i don't know you could interpret it that way or you could but he's like yemi is hungry so that precedes any moral or ethical thing that you could think about like stealing is wrong but yemi's hungry that's more important and as the sister who comes to him says no hunger does not matter you have stolen confess to god because that that supersedes hunger Mm
2: -hmm. so
0: immediately we see echo kind of trying to overtake god i think is Mm -hmm. what
1: you could even say here
0: but anyway yeah what, what do you think of this first scene
1: i i really like the the simplicity of the opening scene here, because it's like, it feels like the fundamental Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, like, is it okay to steal if you're helping someone in need, you know, like that kind of classic quandary, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it sets up Echo as the guy who um, kind of box at um, the, the idea of like there is a clear right and wrong you know like the the nun uh and the priest that we never see his face you know yes like are the two who are kind of there representing you you know the black and white of you have done wrong you have sinned you need to confess and make it right whereas echo sees the world as a much more gray thing you know it my brother is hungry, so I was helping him. Isn't that what you're supposed to do, you know? Um, and yeah, I just really like the simplicity of that image, uh, setting up everything complicated that comes after it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. cause echo is the guy who sees the world in a more complicated way than just right and wrong.
0: Yeah, we got black and white. We got gray and I think the black and white figures as well. I think that echo sees the power there like this, this faceless priest who is sitting behind this curtain, almost like he looks Mm -hmm. at that and goes, this guy holds my fate in his hand basically. And this woman Mm -hmm. is just telling me to confess and Mm -hmm. I have no choice. I think those two, those two figures are fascinating and he's starting to think of it like this is oppressive almost. Um, and I think also another fascinating thing within the episode is that is Jesus on the cross sort of at the center, mm. like mm-hmm. throughout this episode, it's interesting to watch that it's unspoken, but Echo kind of looking at that cross yeah, um, and thinking about what that means. And I think Echo sees because you're you go to church and you're constantly just looking at Jesus hanging on the cross mm-hmm. like this is what it means to this is the religion it's Jesus on the cross it's not almost mm-hmm. you know resurrection afterwards perhaps even yeah kind of like I made the connection with the sister saying confess and she's just just stern confess and I made the connection mm-hmm. to the glass ballerina the opening scene we see there with son
1: interesting yeah cuz
0: her dad There is no grace, as you remember from that episode. Yeah. Here, there's a key element missing, I feel like. Even though it's implied, it's not Mm -hmm. embodied, where it's like, confess, and you will have forgiveness, and you will have grace. It's just confess. You are condemned. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's a fundamental tragedy of Echo's life, that he never experienced grace. And so that kind of plays into his decision, I think ultimately to go with the mercenaries because at least at least they mm-hmm. get some redemption, at least they get some salvation in the fact that they, they're the ones in control. Mm-hmm. And these people are just kind of living in this graceless, you know, drudgery of a life where they're at the mercy of the
1: mercenaries. Yeah. And maybe even that decision to go with the mercenaries in the beginning, you know, like you could still even view that kind of on the flip side of him having always like as a central image for him seeing Jesus on the cross maybe he goes with the mercenaries thinking like that's that's what I'm supposed to do I'm just supposed to take pain upon myself you know mm-hmm. like I'm supposed to accept this for the sake of my brother and everything you know like sure if if that's the main image you know it's it's just interesting that you can still see it from several yeah. different ways you know it's all about
0: Echo's motive, and it's kind of it's unspoken, so it's yeah, it's, it's you can interpret it. I I think you just have to interpret it by his actions, and I think that plays into the next scene, um, where Echo comes back after the Yummy know, getting shot and then taken off in the plane. He comes back to the church, walks in, and I think here is the second instance where he looks at that cross. And he kind of looks down almost in shame and anguish because mm-hmm. in that instance, he realizes just, you know, what he has done. I feel like Jesus on the cross, yummy. Yeah, I mean, he has condemned his brother to death. Um, mm-hmm. In that moment, he's sort of dealing with his depravity. Um, and his response to that is to go over and take, and I love how it, it it's that same Bible. I mean, that the, priest was holding. yeah it's been passed down you know in that Mm -hmm. he goes to the confession booth takes the bible opens it sees the picture of him and yemi and then you can see him kind of you know the wheels are turning this this is his redemption he is going to become the priest and do it the right way this time Mm. i feel like that's what he's thinking it's like i'm going to I'm going to do what Yemi mm-hmm. couldn't do and I'm going to, you know, seize power as a priest maybe.
1: I I totally think that's right. Like I I view that opening scene like the priest especially because we never see his face. I think that's such an effective choice. Yeah. That we don't see his face. So to me that's like he represents god as like the judge you know Mm -hmm. uh who you know who's there or at least the intermediary (laughs) you know between echo and god and now echo is the guy in in those clothes uh and he picks up the bible and it's almost like him at this place now where he gets to take the place of the guy who who judges what is right and wrong you know um yeah i think that's it's, he's substituting for for that guy now um, mm-hmm. and taking Yemi's place very literally in this scene you know just kind of accepting his responsibilities
0: mm-hmm. but I think there's you know he's you could look at it as he okay that's a kind of a noble thing to do you know become to take the priest's place and to continue Yemi's sure. work but when Amina, who's the woman and her son Daniel, they come in and she says, um, he was going go to go to London and Echo says, I will take his place there too. You get mm-hmm. the sense that why is he going to London? Like why, why would he leave? He's going to leave the church then and go mm-hmm. and you get the sense that oh, okay. And you see that he does go to London
2: mm-hmm. and we
0: see what happens there. He's trying to get free and go to America eventually. So mm-hmm. This is all part of this is not altruistic this is selfish like you realize that where he's just looking for and, and we see it more with him trying to sell the vaccine later beneath the surface of it there is a selfish motivation i think ultimately that we see in this um mm-hmm. ultimately obviously so um it's revealed by his actions yeah and then the fact that um, this next scene, where the, uh, the altar boy um, sees Mister Echo, and I, I love how this, this cleaning his hands with holy water. Yeah, and I love how it's paralleled by him drinking the water in the uh, on the island when he goes. To oh the yeah, it's an effective flashback technique. But also, cool. I think it, it's fascinating to think about how him drinking the water out of the stream on the island, which later we, you know, way later. Oh, like Jack yeah. drinks the water to become, you know, the the protector of the island. There's something mystical about that. Like he's That's cool. abusing the holy water on the island and then he, and, and in the, the church in a way, I like that connection, but.
1: I like that. Yeah.
0: Him doing him washing his hands with the holy water and him saying, you're not supposed to do that. Um, and uh, them saying that Ye- Father Yummy wouldn't do that, and Echo saying, I'm not Father Yemi, is him, once again, he's re- he's redefining what it means to be a priest. He's redefining what it, just God's law, basically, and the, the, the holy things, the way he thinks they should be. Like, I should just be able to wash my sins away no matter, any time, basically, um, because... Mr. Echo thinks himself a bit, has himself a bit of a God complex, um, mm-hmm. which is funny. Cause I think I've said before on the show, I thought that yummy was Echo's God. Like I think I've mentioned mm-hmm. it in the past, but watching this time, I'm like, no, Mr. Echo is Mr. Echo's God ultimately is what we're seeing here.
1: Yeah. It's interesting to think of him in this scene. And then, you know, like where it progresses to with the, the um, kind of gang of guys that come to the church and everything, but just remembering, you know, like that first flashback scene, I think in the 23rd Psalm, you know, whichever one it is where it it really shows him like as like a drug Lord type Mm -hmm. guy where he, you know, is dealing and all that stuff. It's like, and then taking that guy and putting him in the priest's clothes. Now it's like, Oh yeah, I can imagine where he would, (laughs) He would have no problem just doing whatever he thinks he should, you know, having no care about what other people think is right and wrong. Just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. You know, I, I'm my own guy, you know, I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it just, it just makes sense when you remember like, oh gosh, he was intimidating, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing which makes the next scene where Mr. Echo encounters his former self basically yeah um and says I am not afraid of you and then immediately realizes that uh, there are some repercussions for your actions there Mr. Echo the woman getting shot and everything ooh um yeah this this scene what I'll say about it is it's Mr. Mr. Echo it's him trying to bring his worldview, opposing worldviews together, the way he understands mm-hmm. things. Because he he knows, Mr. Echo knows that the priests and that that you know the church and everything that this is virtue. You know this is this is right, mm-hmm. and he knows that these other guys, you know, they're not. But they're the ones who have the power, which I think that that. You know, he's like, so how can I take that power and bring it over here to the, to the virtue side? And he's mm-hmm. like, that's what they're, that's what these people have been missing. It's like, why can't they see that? We need to like fight fire with fire. And right. so instead of, you know, going the way of truth and and suffering for that, Echo's mm-hmm. like, no, we have to defeat our enemies instead of love our enemies, perhaps you could say
1: Mm -hmm. yeah he's he's viewing it like like a drug lord (laughs) like a (laughs) rival you know drug lord not as the guy who is meant to be like the shepherd of the sheep (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) of this community he's uh instead he's yeah he's still the wolf you know like you were saying
0: and yeah and so he decides i'm gonna take it into my own hands um and uh, I'm gonna try to get some money for these vaccines myself. I guess. Yep. Um, the conversation between him and Amina, when the, he goes over and he's asking about the vaccines, you can tell it, it, the wheels are kind of turning in Echo's head. Like, but, so you just kind of give them the vaccines? Like, you just you just give mm-hmm. them to him? And, you know, I mean, the way she responds, where it's like they fetch a high price in the black market, sort of the way she's looking down, like, this is the compromise we have to make to live in this world, unfortunately. It's not a just world. Um, it's a fallen world, Mr. Echo. But you're a good man. So she she declares that Mr. Echo is a good man because she reminds him of Yemi. Echo proves it wrong. He goes and he's going to sell them for his own profit. And then the next scene, Mr. Echo stands in the church. And this is is like the most fascinating kind of moment in the episode for me. As we see Mm. Mr. Echo sort of staring at the cross, once again, the final time. And he's sort of staring in defiance is how I would look at that stare. Sort of like it's not, a, you know, a stare of reverence. It's not a stare of remorse. It's not. He's just looking at it like, no, that's mm-hmm. not how. That is not the the path to uh, salvation or the path to you know. I've made. I have a better path, and so you can't tell me what to do. Basically, don't tell me what I can't do. Perhaps, yeah, uh, to Christ there, and he, he's. He's in defiant contempt, and then these mercenaries come in. I love the turn of the mercenary saying, you thought you could do this without me knowing you don't know who I am. Yeah. And then Mr. Echo turning the tables on them and saying, you don't know who I am.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: The, The great thing about that is that it's just a complete inversion of... You know, if Mr. Echo considers himself God, or he's got himself a God complex, God's mm-hmm. line is, I am who I am. Right. And Mr. Echo is, "I." you don't know who I am. So he's the God of deception. Um, mm-hmm. And so that that's how he chooses to enact what he sees as justice in this world, by deception.
1: I hadn't thought of that. Kind of connection in the scene, like I, I had thought about, you know, like Echo as kind of being his own, mm-hmm. you know, God in the in the uh, idea of determining right and wrong for himself, all of that stuff throughout the episode. But yeah, like his position of looking at Christ, and then the the wording reversal, especially around the phrase like "Who I am," mm-hmm. is just such a. <laughs> such a great way to you know communicate in such little space what's going on for this guy you know um and at the same time uh it's just an interesting thing to see echo i don't know there's just something about him in the like priestly garb you know um and the guy being like i'm not i'm superstitious so i'm not gonna kill you you know I'm not going to kill you, father, and everything. Mm-hmm. And then for him to just be like, you don't know who I really am yeah. is like, whoa, <laughs> you know. He's even worse it's like than that the mercenaries, is... yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he took out, you know, what is it? Like four guys, you know, and yeah. it's just Echo's crazy, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And so this is his ultimate act of I have the power. I am the powerful one. But it's fascinating to see, you know, he comes out of that church, which, let's mm-hmm. just spot, pause for a second. If you uh, kill three guys in your church, would you want to go out and, like, uh, let everyone know about it? He don't care. He don't care about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's, it's clear that he's going out to look for more. Like, you want some of this? You want some? Mm-hmm. Um but the look, once again, this episode does so much without saying anything. Like I love the, they let the acting kind of speak and the mm-hmm. music. I mean, it's a perfect combination. Of oh everything. yeah. Yeah. But looking at the people and looking at specifically the altar boy, Daniel, and mm-hmm. I feel like he looks and you can see Mr. Echo, the look of horror kind of setting in when he realizes kind of like the truth I think Mm -hmm. he's hit with sort of like there is kind of a higher moral order than the Mm -hmm. one he is. And it's sort of kind of setting in for a second with him. Like he feels shame maybe a little bit. Yeah. For a moment. Right. Yeah. It's a important moment right there. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Cause he, he, in a way he's walking out in victory you know, mm-hmm. like he he beat the guy. They were gonna cut off his hands, but yeah. you know he's fine. Um, but at the same time, it's a horrifying, uh, you know, victory. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of an interesting thing. Like, in order to, um, survive that encounter, or at least come out of that encounter, uh, unscathed, uh, he had to kill a bunch of guys, and that's, um he he has to face that reality as as he sees the community looking at him and yeah that to me that's always been like one of the more haunting images from lost is him standing there with the bloody machete you know i've just always thought that was just <laughs> such a like heartbreaking like haunting image mm-hmm. um, and yeah just the music the slow motion kind of thing as he's standing there is like really 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 effective but
0: and then the scene following it, where the altar boy asks him, are you a bad man? My mom says, you're hmm. a bad man. And Echo's response, like, you know, he had the moment where he's like, maybe there is a higher authority that, that says this is bad. But now I think this response kind of shows that he's, he's come back and he says, only God knows. I feel okay. like that's him kind of saying, you can't, you can't judge me. Um, and if we, if I go with my interpretation, which I still feel like he, he's kind of saying like, I say, if I'm a good or bad man, basically with that line, only God knows. Mm-hmm. And then Echo tries to justify his actions by telling mean, Hey, you got your vaccine. Um, so that's cool. Like you guys are going to be <laughs> fine, right? <laughs> but that's what the line should have been. You got your vaccine. That's cool. That's what Mr. true. <laughs> All is well. Hey! Hey! <laughs> um, but yeah, Amina, sees right, obviously. I know your intentions. I know you were going to try to pull wool over our eyes, too. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the line, those men will, re- will be replaced by other men. is just, Mr. Echo, you think you can achieve redemption in this world, or you think you can save people in this world by the sword, but mm-hmm. you don't understand that the sword is a, a never ending live by the sword, die by the sword, perpetual yeah. constant cycle. And so, and I think she gets through to him here yeah, at the end where, you know, she's saying ultimately the message of this episode, which plays into the title of the episode, why it's called the cost of living. Mm -hmm. She's saying that you owe God for every life you've taken
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um, and you owe Yemi one church, sort of like there is a debt that we all have in this life. Mm -hmm. Um, No one does not have a debt. And so Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you have to repent, Mr. Echo, basically, Um, which is an important I mean, it's true. We're all the total depravity. And uh mm-hmm. if you're if you're gonna have redemption, you need to repent first. And mm-hmm. so I and I think that does play into her line there, kind of sets Echo on a path. Like, even though he's still doing his nefarious things in in huh? and then when he gets to the island, I think we do see that Mr. Echo is starting to work toward you know, he he's starting yeah. like you got that sense, right? Like mm-hmm. he he's repenting a little bit there, even though he's still kind of
1: lost. No pun intended. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because yeah, I, I do feel like she gets to him here, but that, you know, I I wonder. Like I feel like he's on a trajectory towards redemption in some way, mm-hmm. to the point where when he's on when he crashes on the island, you know. And then he has to kill some of the others yeah. to protect people. It's not the same guy. You know, where like no. he he can, you know, he's still got the ability to kill, but he immediately uh repents in silence for 40 days. You mm-hmm. know, like that he feels like he needs to do some sort of penance, uh uh and repent for uh the things he's done. Um, even though even though it was to save people, you know, yeah. Um, and I think that's an interesting trajectory that he's been on, um, to the point where he's on the island. Um, I also think it's really interesting the um, uh, the whole line where, like, like why are you boarding up the church? And she says it's because oh, yeah. it's no longer sacred. Yes. Um, like that makes me think of uh, like. I like the foreshadowing of him using the holy water to clean his sins or, you know, like it to Mm -hmm. wash his hands and everything. Um, And like, he thinks that it's okay to just do that. um, Even though he's, you know, putting his hands into holy water and the thing you're not supposed to do. And now he's literally like desecrated a church, even though he thought like, I'm, I'm doing this to, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so that the people can have the vaccine or whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, I think he was doing it out of self-preservation, but maybe he could argue it's for a good purpose, but Yeah. Um this is like the ultimate version of that like you ruined that church that yeah. belonged to the community where where you were a child, you know, and grew up and all that stuff and um yeah, I think I do think that gets to him.
0: Mhm. It does. I think it's a combination of her telling him to repent him experiencing possibly that there is a miracle in, huh? and then him hearing mm-hmm. the message about Yemi saying that, uh, you know, he, he wants, she, the, the daughter of the psychic telling him about Yemi and everything sort of it's, it's made it making him process. And so mm-hmm. having, him having, like you're saying, he has, he makes progress on the Island where he, you know, he kills two men, but then he, he, takes a vow of silence for 40 days. Right. Which is, and then he, you know, he, we see him being virtuous. We see him little by little, like Mm -hmm. developing that. Um, I think there's a fundamental flaw, of course. I mean, it's revealed here on on the island, uh, on this, this journey he's been on. Um, And we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, I mean, it sets, sets him kind of on a, gives him, a ray of hope here. It's probably the only ray of hope really in this episode for Mr. Echo, mm-hmm. but it's it's something. So. Yep. If we can end on an upbeat note, that's kind of, you know, maybe we'll just let's just not talk about what happens on the island and just call it yeah. good like, hey, Mr. Echo, he can, can repent and maybe he dies, maybe he goes to London and he starts a new life and he's, uh, you know, he's all good and he uh asked for forgiveness and he starts living a good Christian life and uh, you mm-hmm. know, Things are looking up. Things are looking up. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about the downer of the rest of this episode, but we'll take a break first. We'll be right back with more See You in Another Life Brothers after this. Welcome back to See You in Another Life Brothers. Mm-hmm. the show with two swell guys who like being swell and having beers and all that jet I, I can't i can't have that be our tagline i'm sorry it's just yeah. too long i'm good it's okay i'll abbreviate it i think i'll just call it see you another life brothers the show just the first
1: yeah yeah it's a show it works
0: actually it's a lost pod the lost podcast that's that's our oh
1: tagline. that we actually do have a tagline a lost podcast
0: Right. Anyway, we need to get better at our branding is the moral of the story. Anyway. So, Mr. Echo on the island. Where did we leave off with him? Oh, yeah, he got mauled by a polar bear. Poor guy. And then he got (laughs) saved by a weird bald guy with mud on his face. And now apparently he's just been laying unconscious for like two days.
1: All right. Just two do you days. ever Do you ever sometimes just s- describe something from Lost and then go like, "Man, this show was weird." Yeah. Because <laughs> just now you're like, "Oh like, yeah, he was mauled by a polar bear." <laughs> it's like this show was weird.
0: That happened a couple episodes ago. That happened. And then and just, a bald man saved with him spray with and uh, hairspray
1: and a lighter. and a lighter. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You, you know weird. I take it back this show isn't weird it's awesome it's, it's amazing. awesome amazing.
0: <laughs> amazing no one else is amazing Hurley and what yep. I love about Hurley is that even when he's barely in an episode he can still have that line that uh, sums up the whole episode stay alive dude that's it <laughs> <laughs> This all, Mr. It. Echo. Yeah. All Mr. Echo had to do in this episode is stay alive, like not go after Yemi, not you know stay al- alone. He could have gone down mm-hmm. into the even gone down into the question mark hatch and he the pearl. He would have been fine. He would have survived mm-hmm. if he had stayed with the other people and stayed alive. If he had lived together, but no, he didn't take Hurley's advice and he died alone. So, mm-hmm. moral of the story of this episode: take Hurley's advice.
2: Kind
1: mm-hmm. of story. To be fair, he was like half dead most of the episode, and and he was That's able true. to stay alive. So you know, he he lasted most of an episode. He tried. It's pretty
0: good. I mean, it it is. You know, he did have the deck stacked against him when uh, you know his uh, undead brother sets his tent on fire. Yeah, what, what the is heck? with that? Like, yeah, okay, you you had to use the lighter to like illuminate your face and everything but did you really have to like just set the tent on fire i know the man in black is evil but seriously (sighs) seems like overkill to me
1: this episode does feel a little bit like the man in black just goes rogue and suddenly it's just like i'm just gonna mess with this guy you know
0: well it's important to note that yeah i think you you and i are both on the the same wavelength and it's pretty clear that yes, this is Mm -hmm. as we see it, they're very consistent throughout the show that, you know, if a relative someone Christian shepherd, different ones are alive, then it's the man in black inhabiting their body. And we see here, even in this Mm -hmm. episode, I love how it's consistent where Jack found the coffin in, um, white rabbit. It's empty. And -hmm. Christian shepherds up walking around. Then Echo goes to the plane. Yummy's up, walking around, and the body's gone. So mm-hmm. clearly, there's something. It actually the monster actually embodies dead people, which is
1: this show's mm-hmm. weird, weird stuff.
0: Weird stuff. But the monster's tactic is important because it is. But before, when Mister Echo has seen yummy and we he's seen him in dreams you know he saw him in the, uh in the dream and mm-hmm. it seemed like yummy was very he wanted to help mr echo and he he said in the flashback he wants to help john Locke, and he's very altruistic and everything here we see a yummy on the island who's very dour and very it's time to confess it's time to be judged and he's taking a different tactic here He's playing on Mr. Echo's guilt, which brings to mind another thing I wanted to note. Um, They do an interesting thing in this episode where when Mr. Echo's eyes are closed, they show his eyes closed, him Mm -hmm. him laying there, and then they have these flashbacks that play to remind us kind of where he's come from. You know, he's, he's, he's reliving those things. And it made me sort of take a step back and go, Oh, that's kind of clever because every, you know, we mentioned before, every lost episode that begins with an eye opening, they're on the Mm -hmm. island and they're seeing, you know, they're, they're, they're present in the, in the present. But Mr. Echo is reliving the past with his eye closed. So it's almost kind of a a statement like, you got to open your eyes, man. You got to, you can't, the past is the past, but he is still there and the monster is sort of playing on that like remember cool. what you did mr echo remember that confess that and be judged
1: yeah that's that's a really cool kind of reversal i hadn't thought about like the fact that we spend so much time on his eye closed you know mm-hmm. before before he's awake i like that and so they set the sets
0: the tent on fire hurley and Charlie get mr echo out they put mr echo down Mr. Echo said something about his brother. Charlie and Hurley are like, okay, cool, he's there now. They turn around, and then Mr. Echo pulls a Batman. How do you do that when you're, like, super injured and you're just in a fire? Like, pull a straight-up Batman, like, completely gone. Like, turn around, he's gone. He's a pro. I'm, I'm flabbergasted by it, frankly. Um...
1: <laughs> It's they they're like oh he's gone and then you see Echo just kind of still kind of bring like into the yeah he's just like right behind the bush <laughs>
0: it's like what was it where
1: community? did he go yeah where did yeah he go? yeah
0: <laughs> it's Billy Zane in Community where did he go yes. that should have been it. well he's clearly right over there and so that leaves them to ponder what's happening and now we need to take an interlude to talk about John Locke and his merry band of Brethren, and oh yeah, Saeed's back, and I guess Jin and Sun are back too. So Locke brings Saeed in, says, "Hey, you know what? Desmond knows this thing about this, these computers, and so I guess we could try to communicate with the others." Blah blah blah. We just need to go to that hatch. We need to have some motivation to go there. So let's just do it. Um, <laughs> 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 That's basically it's like, oh yeah, I guess you could try to maybe communicate with the others through the... It seems like kind of a stretch, but I guess they need something to do, right? They need to try something.
1: Yo, they've got a lead.
0: Yeah, that's it. And Saeed's always on board to go anywhere, even though he just trekked across the whole freaking island. Can you give a guy five seconds? <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I want to say about John Locke in this episode is that... This is, you know, we saw it in further instructions, but here we truly see a reborn John Locke in this episode. Mm-hmm. He's back to his old childlike faith ways, and we see it when, you know, uh, Charlie tells him that he was saying something about his brother, and all of a sudden, like the lights go on in Locke's mind, and he's like, "No, that's not coincidence. That's fate. We got to go after mm-hmm. because we're, there, what are the odds that he'd be going to the same place we want to go to?" Yeah. It means something. This is important. Locke has his faith again. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and when he tells Desmond, don't mistake coincidence for fate, when Desmond's asking about it, I love that it parallels uh, what Mr. Echo, that's what that's exactly what Mr. Echo told him.
1: Yeah, I love that. that.
0: So, you know, mm-hmm. the, Echo is trying to help Locke find his faith and now Locke's found his faith and now he's trying to help Mr. Eck. so it's a kind of a reversal of where we were on who huh?
1: I really like the fact that Locke uh after season 2 cuz like season 2 Locke gets into so many boneheaded moments by the end yeah. <laughs> you know it feels like uh I I really like the trajectory of his character in season 3 of kind of um like he's reborn And he's looking at it all with fresh eyes. um, And that takes him to some interesting places as as the show goes on. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, here he's, I I feel like he's actively trying to, to be uh, a new version of himself and to be, to set himself apart from, you know, even like Jack and and them with like, hey, anyone wants to come along? We're going off into the jungle, which I hesitate to say that's a good move, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that could, that could not be a good idea to just be like, Hey, everyone, we're going to find echo in the jungle, you know, but eh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I like the heart behind it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I would characterize it as Mr. Is a uh, John Locke is in the hatch he was frust the the main reason he was frustrated was because he couldn't see any meaning in any of it like mm-hmm. everything just seemed meaningless down there. ultimately, it became meaningless, sort of just pushing a button for no reason and yeah. now he's back up on the surface and he's starting to see meaning again like there's there's actually you know not coincidence there's fate there's miraculous like oh how what are the odds He'd be going to the same place we are. Um, Mm -hmm. And then with other people like him saying, you know, we need to be a family. You know, there's there's meaning in that, too. I think him Mm -hmm. seeing that as well. Like I need other people because otherwise I'm going to be stuck down in that hatch alone again. Um, Right. So we see that as well. Which is a good thing. But Locke is still kind of... (laughs) He's trying to find it. his faith is still kind of just directed and sort of like ah, oh, not really certain what it is. He nope. thinks it's good, uh, and we'll we'll see more of that later when he talks to Echo. But in the meantime, let's see what what Mister Echo's up to. Walking through the jungle, kind of stumbling around. Holy crap, machete! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> what the f- I'm injured here. And then you're throwing a machete at me? And then it's these guys who are like guys I killed before? Uh, what's happening?
1: Uh. <laughs> yeah, it was weird when suddenly his voice was exactly like that. Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> what's happening?
0: Uh, but yeah, Mr. Echo, the monster, um, reminding him of his the sins of his past once again. Reminding him that you are, you have a weight that you need to confess. Um, Mm -hmm. Confess, confess, confess. And so Mr. Echo continues. And I love that when he raises the machete and then turns into the altar boy. Reminding him of the horror that he experienced when he had that moment where he's like, oh, maybe there is a higher power and more meaning to it than what I've been given. Mr Echo's going through a long dark night of the soul, and he's about to encounter his doom. The monster is going to is sneaking up on him and then flees when other people show up. Like yeah. lock and all of them show up, which goes, you know, like you're always saying, bad things happen when you're alone, good things happen when people are there. There's something to that, like the monster can't mm-hmm. get you when you have other people with you and they have your back
1: sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really, really cool part of this episode that like echo when he's on his own, um, he, he both has to face his own demons as well as just the straight up threat of death, <laughs> you know, crouching behind him. Um, but yeah, then once, once people are around, you know, they're trying to help him, obviously like they, Mm uh, and, and it's kind of cool that the monster representing death kind of in a way, you know, like the threat of, of death flees. Um, and yeah, I think that's like a really, this episode is kind of a microcosm of a lot of the show in that way of like, yeah, when, when characters go off on their own, bad things tend to happen, um, mm-hmm. but together they, they can, they can survive. So,
0: yeah. And I think there's something to like, it's John Locke specifically who comes out. Um, yeah. And the monster and it plays into the next scene where he, he's talking to Mr. Echo about, um, or not the next scene, but the scene after that, where he's talking to him about what you see. I saw a very bright light. It was beautiful. Like speaking Mm. of walkabout and Mr. Echo going, that is not what I saw. Um, The monster is taking two very different tactics. One with Mr. Echo and one with John Locke. It's different things Mm -hmm. to different people. um, And the monster can't let John Locke see kind of the true nature of it, which is basically just straight up. I'm gonna be whatever I can be to manipulate a person,
1: yeah i I feel like that's one of there's something to me that's so like I just really like um how nonchalant the show is in in giving us Locke saying to echo, yeah. I saw a very bright light, like, wait, what? yeah, <laughs> you know, like just all of a sudden we get Locke just matter of factly saying what he saw at that very pivotal moment. And it's so interesting that it's not what we, what we expect because yeah. we've seen the monster at this point. And it's like, wait, what's going on here? You know, mm-hmm. Locke is experiencing something very different than what Echo is going through. And I, I just love that they just drop that reveal, you know, Yeah and and we as the audience are kind of like piecing together like okay there is something messing with these guys you know so there's mm-hmm. there's a force on the island that is misleading someone um mm-hmm. and we we don't know what to make of that but echo uh immediately is just like you know that's not what i saw that's not <laughs> that's not what's actually going on here man
0: well mr yeah mr echo like it, and I think it—it's that scene that we skipped over, where at uh, Locke is like, "Are you looking for Yemi?" And then Echo like just, oh yeah, straight up goes at his neck, and Locke says, "What are you so afraid of, Mister Echo?"
1: Sort of mm-hmm. like, and
0: it's speaking the 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 disconnect between the two guys, which I love how it's kind of reversed from, huh? Where in that episode Locke was completely like skeptical of any meaning like like that the force of the island was anything good and and Mm -hmm. Mr. Echo was totally convinced that no this is good this is the where the monster is leading us that's good now it's reverse where Locke is like what are you so afraid of this is this is good the the island is good the monster is good and Echo is like Echo's not thinking of it sort of as the island it's just sort of like yummy is this specter who's haunting him now and forcing him to confess and sort of like Mm -hmm. this is not good Um, yeah and so they've reversed roles here Mm -hmm. they can never see eye to eye
1: (laughs) yeah it's funny they 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 crisscross throughout it and um that's uh, you know just kind of taking a second and thinking about their different trajectories that's kind Mm -hmm. of a cool thing that that the writers of Lost accomplished in giving us these two guys who we would consider like, you know, the, the men of faith of, you know, the show in in different ways that they were never really in the same place at the same time, you know, as far as like mental emotional states. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it never gets boring between the two of them. I think that's kind of a, I don't know. That's just kind of an interesting thing to think of in, in retrospect. Yeah.
0: Lost is sort of a show, there's quite a few of them. Misconnections, like sort of like Jack yeah. and Locke are similar in that way, and Boone mm-hmm. and Locke. I feel like we're a, or sort of. It's all it's always Locke. Like Locke always misses the opportunity. <laughs> Helen and Locke. Locke. Locke is always he's he needs to connect with someone, but he just can't connect with anyone, unfortunately, because he's always kind of like not on the right trajectory. And there's other characters yeah. like that too, but we're just thinking of Locke right now. So. We find out that Yemi's body is gone when they look at the uh, the plane. And Echo is kind of left to kind of wonder what to think of it. And then Locke gives Yemi- Echo Yemi's cross necklace. Mm. Um, and I think that's also symbolic of uh, Miss, Miss, uh, Locke in this episode. He's trying to help Mr. Echo. He's trying to, you know, like, come down with us, be with us, you know, like, like he's saying to the rest of the people, we need to live together, sort of that. Mm-hmm. He's trying to live out what Jack, Jack's, you know, mantra, live together, die alone, actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, But Mr. Echo is too fixated on Yummy to do any of that. So he stays up on the surface and uh everything goes fine and he's fine. Let's go down into the hatch, and I'm sure he's
1: just gonna be fine. <laughs> Once again, staying on his own, you know, yeah. it's not good.
0: Never goes well. But let's talk about this interlude in down in the hatch for a second.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And specifically, let's talk about um Nikki and Paolo. Ugh. Uh, <sighs> And their contributions to this episode. Nikki figures out that they needed to give him something to do. So mm-hmm. and it, it's something that should have been incredibly obvious to like all the characters that like these TVs or for other hatches. And I believe mm-hmm. also like didn't Locke see that it was a, a feat of the, the swan. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. So he Uh he saw that one of them goes to that in that episode. Mm -hmm. So they should already know this. But they need to justify their existence in this episode somehow. So it's like, hey guys, these TVs go to other places. And (laughs) way to go, Nikki. Way to be useful in this episode.
1: The the only way I can see it uh uh working where it's not obvious is if they they just assume, like, Locke just assumed, like, like, oh, all of these TVs are supposed to show the hatch. The hatch yeah. You know, like, the one hatch. Like, a bunch of different spots of it. But only one TV was working. And it is, well, don't mistake coincidence for fate, but, like, it is funny that the one that was working when yeah. they went there before is their hatch. <laughs> you know? Of course.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. But you're telling me that Saeed wouldn't wouldn't put two and two together. You're telling me that, I mean, even Desmond, like, you know, wouldn't put two and two together?
1: Well, Desmond has brain damage. He's seen the future. That's right. Um, He's been raging. Saeed, it's <laughs> He's no been longer walking season for... two. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Saeed is is going through a slump right now. <laughs> He's not the MVP
0: anymore. That's right. Yeah.
1: He mm-hmm. had his time to be the MVP. So, uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And Locke's too busy thinking about his good friend Echo up on the surface to, you know, to put to him. So, okay, it makes sense.
1: And uh, Paulo is there to yeah. uh, let us know that the plumbing still works down there. Yeah,
0: exactly. So he's he, he served a purpose. Like, the toilet still works. <laughs> in case anyone needs to take a, take a dump in the old Pearl Station, <laughs> it works. Of course, actually, we don't know if it still works because flashing forward to expose. He, he never actually uses that toilet. Um, mm. He just, uh, take something out from behind it, but we won't talk about that for now. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know if the toilet, he actually doesn't serve any purpose on this other than to be Paulo.
1: Come on, man.
0: Come on, man. Yeah. So they, uh, get the TV going and, uh, there's a uh, Cyclops on it. And, um, I love how Locke stares at, at it with just such childlike wonder. Like everyone else is like,
1: what the f-? And he's like, <gasps> oh, I guess they'll be expecting us. I'm so excited. More adventure. I it's so funny because I feel like uh this is this is clearly a show from a different time. Yeah. You know, uh because I feel like a lot of shows today would fill every episode with stuff like this where it's yeah. like, Oh, there's another guy somewhere on the Island with a camera. And like, I wonder what's going to happen there. You know, like, like all this world building stuff. And this was like a really surprising thing for them to include. Like, Oh, there's just a guy somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I feel like they don't do that all the time and lost in the same way that, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of world building, like shows that are, Movies that are just obsessed with spinoffs and different things do it today. It seems like Um, Lost did it and clearly had a plan like later this season, we're going to see that guy, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm.
0: they did it the right way where they didn't. That wasn't the point of the episodes. It was kind of like a, a nice, nice bonus. But the characters were always like, we're focusing on Echo this week. And hey, we'll we'll sprinkle in some just some fun stuff that would kind of subtly hint at hit mysteries on the island. But yeah. Uh, that's what I liked about it. So that's going on down there. Meanwhile, Mr. Echo hanging out, you know, looking at the picture, reminiscing about maybe better times, maybe worse times. Mm-hmm. And uh who should show up but his dead brother? <sighs> Man, it's yummy. Oh. And apparently, it's time to give his confession. And I like Mr. Echo's question like, why now? Mm. Why do you want my confession now? Which is a very good question to ask and something maybe he should have pondered more. Like,
2: Mm.
0: why now? Sort of when I'm at my most vulnerable and most disoriented and most, you know. Mm. Mhm. It almost seems like it maybe trying to take advantage of me when I'm not when I don't have my faculties all together. Yeah. Uh But then we come to the final showdown uh between Echo and Yemi. This Yemi figure. And this scene I think we need to break it down. Um With Mr. Echo handing the cross to Yemi as sort of a reminder, like this is, you know, I I was the one who owned this cross at first. You got it because, as he puts it, I have not sinned. When I was a young boy, I killed a man to save my brother's life. I am not sorry for this. I am proud of this. This is not sin. This is just what I needed to do to survive. It's sort of Mr. Echo out of his frustration, out of this moment where it's like, okay, you're forcing me into this corner where you want me to confess and you're guilting me. Well, you know what? As he's kind of dwelling in the past, he's sort of reverting to that. And he's saying, no, I'm going to reclaim that position of being God and saying this was not sin. This was just my will. This is how I, I did not ask for this life, but I have it. And so I'm going to do with it the right way. According to me,
1: I feel like I've always kind of thought of this scene um, in some way as similar to um, it's, it's hard not to think of biblical imagery with Mr. Echo, but I, I feel like it reminds me of Job um, Uh in some ways, because like, as he's, I don't know, as he's like walking around even before, you know, and he's calling out for Yemi and he's walking past like that giant tree and all this, like just big open landscape and stuff and he's just calling out into the open you know um it reminds me of like job calling out like asking for a trial you know asking for god to you know show himself you know like why why has all this befallen me you know um but then then when he's able to have the conversation he um says like i've done nothing wrong um and it's almost like he's uh yeah he's he's justifying himself and part of it is true mm-hmm. but I think that he overstates his case quite a bit you know like he did do things uh in order to survive but he also you know stole and he, yep. he took from people and he was. He was a warlord and he did all that stuff and he he killed those four guys when they were not going to kill him. You know, they I mean they were gonna cut off his hands, which is terrible, but you know, mm-hmm. like he he went beyond what he needed to do to survive. So he overstates his case a bit. Um but I think that what he's saying is not so much an argument to god you know for forgiveness of sin as it is to saying to yummy yeah like don't you remember where all this began like when we were kids and i saved your life you know like i've that's the thing that set me on this trajectory you know Mm -hmm. um and where i've ended up to the place where i needed to do all these bad things you know the world is not just black and white it's it's Mm -hmm. gray and it's it's complicated, but the reason I'm where I'm at is because I saved your life, you know? Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just think it's it's an interesting thing where throughout the episode, we've been seeing Echo be his own god in some ways. Mm-hmm. Here, he's still kind of doing that in a way yeah. if you view it as trying to justify, like make things right or wrong or, or make things that he's done that are wrong wrong. To view them as right, but I also think at the same time he thinks that he's just talking to his brother, um, and that changes some of the things that he's saying. So I don't know. I like I like the ambiguity of this scene, and then also the the mysteriousness. I've always I've always appreciated of just Yemi's simple response of yeah. you know you speak to me as if I was your brother. Like that's so terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like such a chilling twist like uh especially when you when you've only viewed up until this point in the series and you have no idea about the man in black and stuff it's like what's going on here (laughs) you know it's yeah it's such a complicated
0: thing and i think thinking about you know knowing what we know that this is the man in black Mm -hmm. is yummy what this ultimately reveals to me is that the man in black had the wrong strategy or (laughs) misfired. Basically Mm. he, he thought he had Mr. Echo hook, line and sinker. He thought he had, had done it. Like he's like, I've got this man who is clearly, you know, repentant in that he's, you know, he, He's feels the weight of his past wrongs. He's building a church for Pete's sake to replace the the one his brother had built. Mm. He's sort of thinking that, okay, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to embody his brother, and I'm going to take advantage of his guilt. Mm. I'm going to, you know, use his brother as the high priest, as the one who is the Like, this is the man of God that you have to confess to. Mm -hmm. And he thought that that would get Mr. Echo. But what he failed to um, account for was what you're talking about, where Mr. Echo lives in the gray. He still lives in the gray area. He's reverted back Mm -hmm. to it by reminding him of his past. He's brought Mr. Echo back there. And... By kind of threatening him with it's time to confess, time to be judged. He sort of brought out that old side of him. That's like, Mm -hmm. no, this is, this world is, is messed up. And the only way to salvation is to use the word, the the method of the world to bring Mm -hmm. good out of the world. And Mm -hmm. so. You you coming here on your high horse and saying that I have sinned against a higher power? Nah. Yeah. And fundamentally, and and what's sad about it is that it's Mr. Echo sort of like confused. It's kind of like John Locke. Ultimately, mm-hmm. that's why this episode. You know, it's sad that Mr. Echo dies, but it doesn't hit me emotionally. It just it just makes me feel kind of like, oh, bummer. Like yeah, because he he dies kind of lost. Like I don't understand as john Locke's last words were um, right where and and in a a way really his decision to ask not for forgiveness for the monster actually kind of saves him
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because if he had asked for forgiveness from the monster now the monster owns him that's what he wanted
1: Interesting, yeah, he
0: wanted him to ask for forgiveness because then he would grant it and say, "You're forgiven now follow me, right, right
1: that's interesting,
0: and I think that's ultimately the purpose of what he was doing with this whole thing with Mr. Echo. He's trying to get him to own him so that maybe I don't know he he can get him to kill other characters, right, like because that's what the man in black wants to do, right, kill all the candidates. Yeah, it was. It's fascinating because it's good that he didn't ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. from the monster in a way. It's not good in mm-hmm. another way because it shows that he's reverted back to his his old ways.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he dies without having a chance to turn from that again because the yeah. the monster is just evil.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's it's just the. That's my summary yeah. of this episode. Bleh. <laughs> It's weird cuz it's like I I feel like I my my general impressions on this episode usually are like it just yeah it's just a bummer because I really like Mr. Echo and it's it's a bummer to see him just die in this way, you know. At the same time, I don't know, I feel like there's something about this this scene that I just return to a lot of thinking of like this is a really complex yeah sort of thing that's going on for him like is this a obviously it's a tragic ending because he dies right afterwards but what what does it really say about his whole story that this is this is what he has to say at the end of it you know i yeah. feel like there's there's no there's different ways you can see it you know there's no closure i think ultimately, yeah. it's the problem we have
0: with this because it's like I mean, they have the moment he, he dies and they have the moment where they show him and, you know, as a kid, I think that's sort of their attempt at like sort of mm-hmm. him walking with his brother there. That was ultimately right. what this was all about. Like he loved his brother. But it's 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 muted by the fact that, you know, he just flat out, you know. He was on such a good path and then he refused to repent and then right. he got killed. Um Ugh. i mean and then the fact that you know after that happens and he's going after the monster like who are you and then mm-hmm. when the when it the, the smoke comes up and he starts saying the lord is my shepherd i shall not mm-hmm. want he starts saying the, the lord like almost like he's he's trying to desperately get back to that like because he did have when he's holding that body as it's as we're reminded in the the flashback in the previously honest before this episode, he says, forgive me to the body oh, of yeah. Yemi. Like going back to that, where he is asking for forgiveness mm-hmm. um, and, and praying the Lord's prayer, but it's too little too late. Mm-hmm.
1: Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And then when everyone comes back up and uh, lock. Uh... <laughs> okay. What, what what do
1: you make of this last uh, line here? <laughs> I am going on the record. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like like it doesn't belong in an episode of Lost. Yeah, in how bad the writing feels to me, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. Where it's just like like such a kind of. cliche thing you know like what did he say we're next it it just felt like someone it felt like a writer from like an a different yeah project altogether found an unfinished script and then was like oh what should we have him say (laughs) you know it's just really weird it is i don't know
0: The way I'll justify it, the way I'll I'll try to make it work is that i say that the monster slammed him into the ground, killed Mr. Mm -hmm. Echo, and then for a second inhabited his body (laughs) and said, John Locke, you're you're next. next. Like, this is the monster's, the the man in black. This is the best he can do. He couldn't claim Mr. Echo for Mm -hmm. himself. So at the last second, he just kind of haunted all of them with that you could say that because it doesn't make sense for mr echo to say that at all it's so weird yeah i don't know why he would say that it seems out of character um Mm -hmm. so that's the only thing i can think of but yeah i don't like it either i've never it's just it doesn't make any sense in the context of the show um yeah and uh i think it's just they needed a cliff they needed a warm moment to end on because they couldn't have a you know a nice moment like there's two different types of endings to lost either like a shock or a or a simple kind of nice moment and they couldn't have either so
1: yeah yeah i feel like if i could rework it it would have been great like i think it would have been a maybe this would have been weird but um feel like it would have been kind of cool if somehow they just like made it clear that echo is dying and then they have it end on that shot of he and yummy as kids again you know like something like that because then that's almost kind of like an ambiguous you know ending of like is this is this a happy shot or is this sad you know like with remembering the two of them as kids at the beginning but Cause I love that they included that, but mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I think it kind of sours the episode like to end on that, obviously. And why it's not yeah. going to be one of the top ones. I mean, it's not the bottom either. Cost of living is kind mm-hmm. of in the middle. Um, very fascinating, obviously, but yeah. Yeah. Poor Mr. Echo. It's all poor Mr.
1: Echo. Mm -hmm. it's it's not a it's not a perfect episode but it is far from an expose that's all i'll say Um. (laughs) definitely not expose (laughs) you
0: know what we're gonna both love that episode when we get to it it's gonna be our top our top episode of season
1: three (laughs) at the at the way that we've at at how we've reacted to a lot of episodes so far i actually wouldn't be surprised i'm (laughs) i'm continually surprised at the ones i like and the ones i'm i'm soured by a little bit you know
0: well, we'll get there when we get there. For now, uh, we'll bid adieu to Mr. Echo. We barely knew ye, but uh, you were a great character while we had you. So thanks, buddy. Thanks, good pal. But let's, uh, how about we take a break and then we'll finish this episode off. We got to talk about uh, Jack and Ben and Juliet and what's going on over with the uh, the others. See yep. what's happening there. All right. Well, we'll talk about that after this Commercial break. Welcome back to See You in Another Life, brothers. So, Mr. Echo, rest in peace. John Locke, he seems kind of rejuvenated. That's great. What's happening with Jack? Dude is getting swole. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doing them man he's got he had to have done a lot of pull-ups. I mean he's got tons of time on his hands, so Jack should really be like just ripped when he got like just super like buff coming out of that.
1: They but come they... to back to him and he's just suddenly like the rock. He's just
0: Oh man, I had so much time to get swollen there, yeah.
1: <laughs> Jack, you've been here for like a week.
0: Oh, I had so much time. <laughs> When I wasn't eating cheeseburgers, I was doing a lot of pull-ups. Just so much.
1: He's intense.
0: And then here comes Mr. Ben Linus in a weird white shirt. Giving Jack a white shirt. Man, this show is weird.
1: It's amazing.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I love this scene. I love how Jack manages to get the upper hand like and you can tell mm-hmm. he's super proud of himself here he's finally figured out a way like he's not pulling on that chain anymore he saw the x-rays put two and two together and he's turned the tables on old ben Lentis, and it is satisfying
1: oh is- yeah oh, I yeah. love that like mm-hmm. it's just so there's something so awesome when Jack when Jack gets it right it's just mm-hmm. like yes <laughs> you know like Um, and especially because like Ben has had the upper hand all season, you know, Mm the sort of thing, like we've seen him kind of have to do the math sometimes and figure out like what, what are we supposed to do, you know? And, um, but he's always, he's always been ahead of Jack and, and, uh, Sawyer and Kate and to see him get rattled and, you know, be kind of messed up in this scene is just so effective. I don't know. There's something so cool mm-hmm. about it.
0: Yeah. Yep. It is, it is fun. Um, and then we get to see another's funeral, which is interesting. Uh, you know, they, they do the old Viking style, burn the <laughs> body and send it out to sea. And I, it just, the, the unspoken things, but like the white shirts and just mm-hmm. like the, the strange sort of religion that's mm-hmm. the other religion is just, they, they, they have a temple. Eventually we find out too. It's sort of just this weird mm-hmm. mystical sort of thing that they never really speak about, but it's fun just to kind of like these people are, they're, they're a
1: cult. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it's, it's one of those things where um, I was reading on uh of course the reputable source lost Pedia. Yes. Um, but they, they were saying, uh, you know, like they're in cultural, you know, motifs or something. It was talking about how, like, the wearing white at funerals is a uh, is traditional in like Hindu mm. uh, funerals. Okay. Uh, and so they were mentioned, like the the article or whatever was talking about, like this might be connected to uh something left over from the Dharma Initiative you know, in that they've got, like, Namaste and Dharma and, like, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. symbolism. Um, maybe the others just continued this practice that was something that the Dharma Initiative was borrowing from Hinduism or something. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was kind of... Whoever wrote that in Lostpedia, I was like, that's kind of a cool idea, you know, that, yeah. like, it's either something that is original to the others or they just continued from you know, the Dharma initiative after they wiped them out, you know,
0: but yeah, I I tend to think probably original to the others. Cause you know, Ben Linus didn't care for the Dharma initiative too much, but that is true. And they had, they did, you know, there's weird stuff. There's the statue and all that. And so it kind oh, of yeah. <laughs> it's into that sort of whole thing. Like just some sort of weird mystical religion that these people have. Um,
1: yep, That,
0: uh, yeah. And apparently they like to uh play some old the old time music and sends people out to sea with Viking Funeral.
2: So uh,
0: we're all jack in this scene. Just kind of like <laughs> well, okay, at least I got out and got a new shirt. That's cool.
2: Great. Mm-hmm.
1: And I got the upper hand. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: And I like how as he's as he's confused by the whole thing that's when Juliet comes up and, and talks to him for a minute, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's just kind of cool that like, Oh yeah, these were reminded once again, um, she's an outsider here too. You know, yeah. both of them don't belong.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. And as I'm thinking about it, I also realized that in, in the going along with the theme of the episode, the cost of living, it it really is a somber reminder you think about why would Ben Linus bring Jack out mm-hmm. to this funeral? And, you know, he's always scheming, always thinking. And he's like, to remind him of like, life and death is sort of a, you know, you're a doctor. Look mm-hmm. at this. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't save her. Sort of like, he, he's he's changed his strategy now. And although he didn't know that Jack could know about his x-rays. But I think now mm-hmm. it's especially important for him to see this funeral. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because he wants him to want to save his life, even or he, he wants to kind of guilt him into it. Um mm-hmm.
1: Do no harm, right? Yeah. Well, and it and it humanizes the others. You know, yeah. like they are they are real people and they are mourning and all of that stuff. And um, yeah, he's it's all about manipulation and, and getting Jack to to sympathize with with him and to want to do the surgery. Um, mm-hmm. And that can still work even if he knows, you know, it's Ben, but yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, that brings us into that next scene where, you know, first we need to mention that um, Jack gets a cheeseburger. That's great. Good for him. Uh, he, Way he's to been, go.
1: Uh, Juliet, you know, yeah. holy cow,
0: putting all that work into it. Uh, but then, this interaction between him and ben which i love how we see ben like okay i'm gonna put my cards on the table here this is what we were doing Mm -hmm. we're gonna manipulate you we're gonna pull a long con on you basically um Mm -hmm. a sawyer we were going to make it seem like it's your idea to do the surgery um and but it all got shot to sunshine when you saw the x-rays I love how he, 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 he points out what we kind of suspected and like Juliet kind of looks like his wife, that's you know, mm-hmm. his ex-wife, um, all very clever. But now that that's all over, Ben's like, well, I guess all I can do is, you know, just bag, but I love how it's, it's, <laughs> it seems like, oh yeah, now I'm just all, I'm, I'm honest with you but I feel like it's still a manipulation game that it's just Mm -hmm. a different strategy. Like you're saying, he's now shifted to the, from the making you want to do it to kind of making you sort of question or think about the higher power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he says, do you believe in God, Jack? And here, I love how they bring that theme into this in a weird way. Like Ben Linus is the one who brings up, the yeah. fact that maybe this is meant to be, like, don't you think about like it's what John Locke has been kind of hammering to Jack? Like, isn't it strange to you that we all survived this plane crash and now we're here? We're here for a reason. He's like, mm-hmm. I have a tumor on my spine. A spinal surgeon fell out of the sky. Seems like there's a reason for this.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I I will say. All right. So like, I I was. I was hating on that final line of the episode, uh, uh, pretty hard, you know the the whole yeah. uh, ending, um, and the writing there. And this line, on the other end of the spectrum, is one of my favorites. Just like I, I don't know, there's just something so, like, I love about Ben just saying, like, two days after I found out I had a fatal tumor, a spinal surgeon fell out of the sky if that's not proof of God, I don't know what is like, that is just one of the best moments. Yeah. Because it, it is so effective in making you go like, okay, don't mistake quitting coincidence for faith or for fate. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what is going on on this Island, you know? Um, and just what a, what a interesting thing for the villain to ponder, you know, like, Mm -hmm. do you believe in God? Because like, when I found out I was dying from a tumor on my spine, a spinal surgeon fell out of the sky. So what does Mm -hmm. that say? You know, like, I don't know. It's just such a cool thing for the bad guy to say. Mm -hmm. And
0: I love that it's him. He brings that up. And then we have Mm -hmm. Juliet coming in. And yeah. bringing in the tape and this, and this memorable scene with her talking and then the tape on there. So Ben is the one who's appealing to the higher power. Meanwhile, Juliet talking to Jack is justifying the act of killing a person. Like mm-hmm. saying, and I love the, the dichotomy here of her saying um, to him, speaking to him and saying, uh, where was it? Um, have Um, he deserves to live. Basically. I thought I had it in my notes. I wanted to get the line, right. But, um, yeah. Saying that he deserves to live, but on the, in the tape, it's saying that, you know, uh, Kill him basically. So the, the long and short of it is, um, oh, yeah, it's a, doing this. She says doing this surgery is the right thing to do. It's because he deserves to live. But she's basically giving him free reign to kill him in the video. Um, and just,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then saying, You have free will, Jack. But then saying, Tell me to turn off the video and sort of like now jack is yeah almost subtly saying <laughs> you don't have free will here you ha- this is the only your only option you have to kill him and sort of leaving jack to kind of ponder what he has just witnessed here which is that maybe the cost of living is mm. not as simple as just saying oh Ben's a bad guy we'll kill him and we'll get fr- get away free mhm maybe there is sort of a a higher moral order that uh, jack has to follow here so Mm -hmm. i like the ambiguity that it ends with and we're left to ponder it too what's jack gonna do
1: yeah it's oh man it's such a good cliffhanger and i i love the like that's such just such a classic scene juliet Mm -hmm. with the the cards doing a whole love actually thing i think that's the movie where they do that right (laughs) or a bob dylan Um, thing yeah yeah bob dylan yeah um and yeah i like the it's just such a cool idea for her to have a tape and doing that and mm-hmm. um yeah really just leaving us at a place of like what in the world is about to happen in the next episode the mid season finale or whatever yeah. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um like that's a kind of perfect uh penultimate uh, episode uh, cliffhanger of for For Jack, at least, you know, like what, what is going to happen to him? What's he going to choose? So, Mm -hmm. yep,
0: we'll have to see if Jack decides to, you know, kill to get free or maybe do something else. Interesting. Interesting. But that'll be next time. Like you're saying, I think we can close the book on uh, the cost of living solid episode not the best, not the worst, I'd say right in the middle of the pack. Fascinating. Yep. And then we'll turn our attention now to, as you said, the kind of the cliffhanger end of the first part of season three, even though it was only six episodes. Yeah. The weird <laughs> hiatus we went on. Uh I do. Talking about Kate. Hey, we get a Kate episode. It's been it's been a hot minute. I mean, there were like three in season one and there was like one in season two and that was like at the the beginning so it's been a minute since we had a kate episode so i do that's gonna be fun but uh i think that uh we'll have to wait until then so but uh, thanks for talking lost with me bro it's always a good time
1: yeah always a good time and uh once again we had an episode i always got to point it out when uh with with brothers in our title this was an episode very much about brothers
0: you know that's a very good point yeah you speak to me as if i'm your brother
1: (laughs) Wait, i am your brother yeah that's that's the whole point we're we're speaking to each other like we're brothers oh okay
0: yeah i I don't know why i pointed that out it's kind of like obvious you're gonna speak to me like i'm your brother
1: yeah it's kind of weird but uh
0: always fun when we get we get brothers in the episodes but anyway um and thank you as always for listening everyone out there and until next time we will see you in another episode brothers
1: goodbye